0: Many times we need to keep our health in check, but don't know what questions to ask or where to begin. We walk in blindly to our health care provider and walk out none the wiser and maybe even more confused than before. Can you take charge of your health and arm yourself with the questions and preparedness you need? The answer is yes. Welcome to Occupy Health with Dr. Susan Downs. This program will answer your questions and give you the best practices for facing your medical partner in good health. Now, here's Dr. Susan Downs. We Hi, uh, this is, welcome to Occupy Health with Dr. Susan. Today we're going to learn about a, a particular diet. I've, I met some incredible healers when I was in England, and today we have one of them on the show. We have Natasha Campbell McBride, and she is a physician. She graduated in, with honors as a medical doctor in 1984 from the Best Care Medical University in Russia. And the following year, she gained a postgraduate degree in neurology. After practicing for five years as a neurologist and three years as a neurosurgeon, she started a family and moved to the UK. It was during this time that she developed her theories on a relationship between neurological disorders and nutrition. She completed a second postgraduate degree in human nutrition at Sheffield University in the UK. She returned to practice in 2000 and runs the Cambridge Nutritional Clinic, She specialized in using nutritional approaches as treatment and has become recognized as one of the world's leading experts in treating children and adults with learning disabilities and other mental disorders, as well as treating children and adults with digestive and immune disorders. In 2004, she published a book, Gut and Psychology Syndrome, Natural Treatment of Autism, ADHD, Dyslexia, Dyspraxia, Depression, and Schizophrenia. Here she explores the connection between the patient's physical state and brain function. This book gives full details of the gaps nutritional protocol, and we'll be talking about that more later. This is a highly successful program in treating patients with disabilities and other mental problems. In her clinic, she works with many patients with heart disease, high blood pressure, arrhythmia, strokes, and complications of atherosclerosis. She's become acutely aware of the existing confusion about nutrition in these conditions which spurred an intensive study into this subject. The result of this study is her book, Put Your Heart in Your Mouth, What Really is Heart Disease and What We Can Do to Prevent and Even Reverse It. This book was published in 2007 with an, a second edition in March 2016. However, we're going to look at, at her most recent book, Vegetarianism Explained. This came out last year and she's been working with many young people who have chosen to plant based lifestyle and as a result these people become very ill. This led her to a further intense study into the value of plant foods versus animal foods which is resulting in this book. She's also a keynote speaker at many professional conferences and seminars worldwide. She's a member of the Society of Authors, the British Society for Environmental Medicine and a board member of the Western A. Price Foundation Foundation. She's a regular contributing health editor to a number of journals, magazines, newsletters, and radio programs around the world. So welcome. We're so glad to have you.
1: Thank you. I'm delighted to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Okay. So um,
0: can you tell us, um, so you are the creator of the GAPS diet. What is it? And can you tell us about it?
1: GAPS stands for Gut and Psychology Syndrome and gut and physiology syndrome both abbreviate to the same gaps in the english language what we have here we have a person with abnormal gut flora majority of people know that we have microbes living inside our digestive system well recent research has discovered that 90 percent of all cells in the human body are in our gut flora it is a Very complex and amazing world of its own, where all kinds of microbes live together. Bacteria, viruses, protozoa, worms, flukes, archaea, all kinds of things, and fungi. And they all plant each other and harvest each other, eat each other, control each other. And they serve many, many useful functions for the human body to such a degree that now we know that we actually can't survive without them and that in many cases they are in charge of every organ and every function in the human body no matter how far away from the gut these functions might be. Problem is, we human beings lived very happily in harmony with our gut flora for millennia until the time that we have changed our lifestyles, until the modern changes happened. Every course of antibiotic that we take wipes out a large part of the bacterial population in the gut and that means that all the other microbes which were controlled by those bacteria suddenly get out of control and they overgrow and they occupy new niches in the digestive system and they produce lots and lots of babies and they start causing trouble. The same happens when we take any other chemical or any other pharmaceutical inside our bodies and also our modern processed foods feed largely pathogenic flora in the digestive tract and modern agricultural practices fill our food with various agricultural chemicals which are in their nature antibiotics So every time we eat, we actually eat antibiotics and many other agricultural chemicals, which damage the diversity, the balance in the gut. When that happens, the person develops abnormal gut flora. As a result, the person cannot digest and absorb food properly, developing multiple nutritional deficiencies and food allergies. The pathogenic overgrowing microbial population in the gut digests the food in their own way, converting it into thousands of very toxic chemicals. At the same time, they damage the integrity of the gut wall, making it porous and leaky. So all those toxins absorb into the bloodstream. So as a result, the digestive system of the person, instead of being a source of nourishment for this person, becomes a major source of toxicity a river of toxins, undigested food, alive microbes and various other things flow from the gut into the blood, into the lymph. Then the blood and the lymph take them all over the body and whichever organ they get into, they cause trouble. What they get into the brain, they can cause any kind of group of symptoms a brain is able to produce. It can be depression, It can be emotional instability, sleep disturbances, epilepsy, and psychotic episodes, manic episodes, anxiety, any kind of group of symptoms a brain can produce. When they get into your joints, they would cause arthritis, all kinds of arthritis. In my opinion, are caused by abnormal gut flora. When they get in your skin, they can cause psoriasis, eczema, and other skin problems. When they get in your lungs, they get uh, they can cause asthma and they can cause obstructive pulmonary disorder and many other illnesses there. When they get into your heart, they can cause atrial fibrillation, abnormalities in the rhythm of the heart, and other problems. When they get into your kidneys, they can cause. Uh, nephropathy, and they can cause chronic cystitis and other problems in that um, urinary area. So wherever these things get you, they cause trouble. At the same time, about 85% of our immune system is located in the gut wall. So your digestive system is the biggest and the most important immune organ in your body. And there is a tight relationship between the gut flora and the immune system. So when a person develops abnormal, unhealthy, unbalanced gut flora, they become compromised in their immune system. So the person starts developing allergies, inflammation and autoimmunity. Every autoimmune disease is born in the gut. I have no doubt about it. And some leading immunologists in the world now saying the same. Uh, and we've got best part of two hundred various autoimmune conditions identified so far, and the list is growing all the time. Yes, right, like osclerosis I- and so on.
0: I would like to affirm this. I absolutely agree with her. And Thomas O'Brien, who's done a lot of work on the immunity, his new book is coming out about fixing the brain, reiterates the same thing. You get undigested proteins, you get antibodies against it. They go to any part of the body, particularly the brain, and cause havoc, leading autoimmune disease. So uh, what she's saying, folks, is absolutely true. So listen up, because this is wisdom.
1: So, what happens with a small child, when a child um, got this situation, children acquire their gut flora from the parents. This is the mechanism that mother nature programmed into our bodies, that mother and father pass their gut flora to the baby. And we have an epidemic of abnormal gut flora in the Western world, in, in the modern civilized world, where... Every generation of young parents are passing deeper and deeper damage in the gut flora to their newborn babies. Because if grandparents were for example, lived in the 50s and 60s and they got uh, a few courses of antibiotics prior to having their children, their gut flora was slightly compromised. And that's what that generation of youngsters got. And then that generation grew up in a very different world to their parents. In a world where antibiotics were given to them for every cough and sneeze throughout their childhood. When junk food came on uh, on the market, and it feeds abnormal flora almost exclusively. And when breastfeeding went out of fashion and formula milk came on the market, bottle fed babies developed completely different gut flora to the breastfed babies. And it is a gut flora that predisposes the child to allergies and learning disabilities and all kinds of health problems later on, because bottle milk can never ever replace healthy breast milk of a mother. And then that's the generation of ladies who at quite a young age, at 15, 16, were put on a contraceptive pill. And they took it for quite a few years before they were ready to start their family. Contraceptive pills have a devastating effect on the gut flora and the immune balance in the body. So by the time that generation of young people decided to have their first child, their gut flora is seriously compromised. And that is what they're giving to their newborn baby right at the beginning of their lives. And every year I see in my clinic, babies who are born today receive worse gut flora from their parents than babies who were born five years ago, four years ago. Every year the situation is getting deeper and deeper. And this epidemic in the abnormal gut flora is the real cause, the root cause of all the other epidemics we see. Epidemic of autism, ADHD, ADD, dyslexia, dyspraxia, oppositional defiant disorder, epilepsy in our children, diabetes type 1, allergies, asthma, eczema, and other physical problems in our children. Because all diseases begin in the gut. This is a statement that was made by the father of modern medicine, Hippocrates, thousands of years ago and the more we're learning with our modern scientific tools the more we're realizing just how correct he was indeed every disease begins in the gut because there is gut flora there and that gut flora is in charge of our food digestion and absorption, in charge of keeping our bodies clean, in charge of balancing and feeding our immune system, our detoxification system, and many, many other same systems in the body. We have an epidemic of autism, and that is the area that has given us a lot of knowledge into the gut flora, uh, because it was driven, the research in that area was driven largely by parents of autistic children. What happens in autism? I have no doubt that almost 100% of autistic children today, who are born today, are born with a perfectly normal brain. These were perfectly normal children. But they acquired abnormal gut flora from the parents from day one, and their digestive system became a major source of toxicity. Instead of feeding the child, it's poisoning the child. When this toxicity gets in the brain of the baby it clogs it up and it doesn't allow the baby to develop normally, to develop properly. How do babies learn? The babies use their sensory organs to collect information from the environment. They listen to everybody, they look at everybody, they touch everything, they smell everything, they take everything in their mouth. These are the sensory organs, the eyes, the ears, the tactile sensitivity, the sense of smell, taste and other senses, which collect information from the environment and then they pass it to the brain. And by processing that information, the child learns, the brain learns that this is mommy, this is daddy, I can trust them. This is a toy, I play with it like this. This is a food I eat, It. these are other children, I copy them. But if the child's brain is clogged with toxicity, it cannot process this information. All this sensory information coming from the sensory organs of the baby <clears throat> turns into a noise, into a mush in the child's brain, and from that noise the child cannot decipher anything useful. Instead of developing normal skills, these children develop abnormal behaviors, self-stimulation, and they do not develop normal relationship with human beings around, with food, with toys, and, and other things in the world. They become autistic. If the mixture of toxins coming out of the gut is different, and the constitution of the child is different, the child may not become autistic, but may become hyperactive, may develop attention deficit disorder, dyslexia, dyspraxia. But majority of these children do not fit into any diagnostic box. Because they have a few symptoms from autism, a few symptoms from ADHD, a few symptoms from oppositional defiant disorder, bits of this and bits of that, and none of it fits into any diagnostic box. Because our diagnostic boxes are purely descriptive. They do not explain what causes the disorder and what we need to do to get rid of it. The real disorder in these children is gaps. And because every human being is unique, and has a unique composition of the gut flora, every child is unique and develops different, unique bunches of symptoms coming from the abnormalities in their gut flora. That is how all learning disabilities develop in children. In my opinion, they are all GAPS conditions. That's where they stem from. And this opinion is confirmed by what we do when we start treating this disorder. I have developed the GAPS nutritional protocol. We're dealing with a digestive disorder here. Our digestive system is a long tube. What you fill that tube with has a direct effect on its well-being. So the diet, the food that the child eats, is the medicine. And that is, you know, we we, we all heard that food is the medicine. So what we do, we prescribe a diet that changes the gut flora of the child. We drive out pathogens and we reestablish normal balanced gut flora in the child. At the same time, we heal and seal the gut wall. We close all those holes in the gut wall. We stop it from being leaky. And that means that the food starts digesting properly before it absorbs. And it stops triggering food allergies and intolerances and reactions. Instead, it starts feeding the child properly, nourishing the child properly. And most importantly, that river of toxicity, which was flowing from the gut, And getting into the brain of the child stops and the brain cleans up because every organ in our bodies has a great ability to clean itself up, to keep itself clean. And your brain has that ability as well. It takes a few weeks for it to clean all those toxins and debris out, but it does that. And that's the moment when the child comes out of the autistic fog or the child stops being hyperactive. Attention deficit disappears, dyslexia disappears, dyspraxia, oppositional defiant disorder and all other abnormal behaviors and abnormal ability to learn disappears. And from that moment on we can teach the child and the child starts learning. The younger the child is when this happens, the quicker these children recover and the more fully they recover. Simply because the child missed out on the normal development less. If it's a two-year-old, a three-year-old, they've missed two years of development, three years of development, and they're able to catch up. If it's a six-year-old, eight-year-old, ten-year-old, they have missed much more on their development, and it is much more difficult for them to catch up, to, to learn all those skills that they haven't learned at the right moment in their lives. And also, these children start with a perfectly normal, healthy brain, But the longer this bombardment of toxicity goes on in the brain, the more physical damage to the brain is inflicted. So a little one, 16-month-old, 2-year-old, there isn't much damage to the brain inflicted yet, and we can reverse that. But if that damage was going on for 6 years, 10 years, 15 years or longer, then of course uh, atrophy starts developing in the brain and other physical Changes start developing in the brain, which are difficult to reverse in these patients. When we move to the adults, I believe that every psychiatric disorder, from depression, anorexia, schizophrenia, to bipolar disorder, to epilepsy in the adults, is a gaps condition. It's inflicted upon the brain by this river of toxicity coming out of the digestive system of the person, plus the immune system, which is trying to deal with the situation, launches an autoimmune attack on the brain, and inflammation develops in the brain. And all of these factors altogether cause the psychiatric disorder in the person. So in order to help this person, it is the gut we have to start from. We need to change the gut flora. We need to heal and seal the gut wall. We need to stop the leak through that gut wall. And then the person gets the chance to recover. When we go to other organs, from moving from the brain to other organs, whichever organ this river of toxicity gets to, it will cause a disease, it will cause a problem. Asthma has to be treated starting from the gut. Every allergy, allergies have become an epidemic in the Western world has to be treated stancing from the gut. The nutritional protocol removes allergies, removes asthma, fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue syndrome, myalgic encephalomyelitis, multiple sclerosis, amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, neuropathies, narcolepsy, arthritis of any kind, skin problems, urinary problems, and all kinds of other problems. In order to get rid of, to unravel that problem, and to start treating it from the root cause, from the very beginning of that, it is the digestive system we have to focus upon. And that's what GAPS nutritional protocol is designed for, to fix the gut. And from that, then the real true healing begins from the root cause.
0: What is in the GAPS diet? What does one
1: eat? GAPS diet is based On a specific carbohydrate diet that has been developed by a group of very good doctors, uh, Sydney Haas, Merrill Haas, and their group in the 1930s in New York, when these people worked with celiac disease patients, with children with the celiac disease. As I adopted that diet for treating my patients, I have added things to it and modified it slightly. And it is my patients that called it the GAPS diet. This diet is based on the traditional wisdom of traditional people which lived all over the world and ate from the land, ate from what was available to them in their local environment. The basis of the diet is meat stock and soups and stews that are made at home. Everything the patient eats needs to be made from fresh raw ingredients at home because Anything processed. Our food industry is not designed to cook foods for your health. It's designed to produce things for convenience and for profit. That is why all processed foods have to be removed from the diet. We also remove from the diet anything containing starch... Because starch is a very large molecule, it's extremely difficult to digest, even for people with healthy digestive systems. But for a person with abnormal gut flora and the digestive system, which is already struggling, starch is a huge challenge. It's indigestible, and it finishes up feeding the pathogenic microbes in the gut instead of feeding the person. So that means that all grains... Potatoes and other starchy vegetables and many starchy beans have to be removed from the diet. As we remove all grains, the diet becomes gluten-free, truly gluten-free. GAPS diet is truly gluten-free. And as we remove uh, starchy vegetables, we also remove substances which cross-react. gluten because now we know that it's not just gluten that causes problem in people but all kinds of other substances which cross-react with gluten we focus on homemade soups and stews and vegetables we eat meats fish eggs and we eat fermented dairy products we focus on proper quality milk which I have described in my book what I mean by proper quality milk and we ferment it at home for 24 hours to make yogurt, kefir, we ferment cream to make sour cream, we make a cottage cheese at home, and we eat butter and ghee. We do not drink milk itself, because milk itself contains sugar in it, called lactose, which is indigestible for the majority of people on our planet, particularly for people with abnormal gut flora, and it's a perfect food for those pathogenic microbes in the gut. That's why in many people, when they drink milk, they get gas and digestive discomfort and there is symptoms because the lactose feeds pathogenic microbes in their gut. They produce gas, they produce toxins and cause all kinds of problems in the digestive system. Of course, all digestive prob- prob- problems, such as irritable bowel syndrome and Inflammatory bowel disorders, Crohn's disease, ulcerative colitis and various other digestive problems all have to be treated with the GAPS diet. We also have fermented foods in the GAPS diet. We introduce beneficial microbes in the form of fermented dairy products, home fermented and fermented vegetables because these foods, every mouthful that you eat is teeming with beneficial microbes. And that's the way we introduce our fermented um, beneficial microbes in the digestive system of the person. We use a few supplements in the GAPS nutritional protocol, where we use commercially produced probiotics. There are some very good formulas on the market that we use. We use cod liver oil, largely for the vitamin A, vitamin D content, Because these two vitamins are absolutely essential for the gut to heal, for the immune system to heal, and for all the other organs and systems in the body to heal. Cod liver oil also provides some omega-3 fish oils for us, but not enough. So for many patients with um, mental problems and learning disabilities in children, it's a good idea initially to supplement extra fish oil for the, for the omega-3 oils. All of that is described in my book in great detail. GAPS diet is um, quite complex to start with, quite complex to learn initially. But once it is learned, it is quite easy to follow because it's best to feed the whole family that way because we have gaps in families. I started working with autism and then I've discovered that other children in the family who are not autistic, but they have hyperactivity and they have digestive problems and eczema and asthma and clingy behavior and maybe uh, some, some uh, learning problems a little bit and maybe they are fussy with food and various other problems which also belong in the GAPS syndrome, in the Gut and Psychology, Gut and Physiology syndrome. And then when I looked at the parents, I found that the parents very often suffer from irritable bowel syndrome, from allergies, from asthma, from um, chronic fatigue, from fibromyalgia and from various other problems, which also belong in the GAPS condition. So I've discovered that I'm dealing with the whole family, that is GAPS. Because children got their gut flora from the parents, other children are not autistic, not so severe, but they got the same gut flora from the same parents as their autistic sibling, or the sibling with another serious uh, health problem. So the whole family needs to be treated. And when we do that, when the whole family changes the way they eat, and changes their lifestyle, all those other health problems start disappearing. I have been receiving letters from people from all over the world, people who never had any consultations with me. They just got the book. It's a self-help book. They followed the um, recommendations in the book and they recovered from a full list of various disorders. These letters were so powerful and the emails were so powerful that I got the permission of these people and we published the stories as a separate book. Please try again in a while. Which, which, uh, which is called GAPS Stories. And in that book, uh, there are 52 stories, and there are all kinds of uh, disorders there described, which I never described in my book and I never had to work with, from neuropathies to multiple sclerosis to chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, irritable bowel syndrome, narcolepsy, schizophrenia, Bipolar disorder is just a very, very long list of various conditions. And some of these wonderful people even provided their email addresses and their phone numbers. They're happy to be contacted by other people who found themselves in the same situation. So once you fix the gut, once you heal it, all kinds of disorders start disappearing in the body. We just have to start from the gut. Some people with uh, various disorders say that I don't have digestive symptoms. My stool is okay, no gas, no pain, no reflux, no problems. But when we start treating them with the GAPS nutritional protocol, we find that their arthritis disappears, migraines disappear, allergies disappear, asthma disappears, and various other disorders disappear, which develop quite far away from the digestive system. And that just shows that there is a direct connection between the state of the gut the state of the gut flora and the whole body in the person. And when we do some testing of their gut flora, despite the fact that these people didn't have digestive symptoms, we find that their gut flora is abnormal and the gut lining is very damaged. It is porous and leaky. That is why the person developed that problem in the first place. So fix your gut, whatever your chronic disease is. Have a look at your digestive system. Fix it with the GAPS nutritional protocol and the the disease can become history for you.
0: I would like to say that having had Doctor, having had her food and having her cook for me, her food is delicious. It was outstanding. But one thing you mentioned about foods that cross-react with gluten, no, it was my understanding that people get off gluten and go to non-gluten grains, the same thing is going to happen. You're going to get undigested proteins. You're going to get an autoimmune response. You're going to end up with the same problem. So what are the particular items that you referred to that cross-react with gluten that we should avoid in addition to gluten?
1: So-called gluten, uh, non-gluten grains cross-react because there is starch there and there are other things in there. Most beans and lentils and other pulses cross-react. Bananas have got some substances which can cross-react with gluten. Cocoa, coffee, tea, and many, many other substances substances in the food. These are anti-nutrients, they're called anti-nutrients because plant matter in particular contains many substances which can damage the gut wall and which can irritate the gut wall. So the case in a celiac disease for example or any other uh, gluten sensitivity is not the gluten itself so much. It's the fact that the gut floor is abnormal. And that abnormal gut flora with all kinds of pathogenic microbes overgrowing and ruling the roost in there damage the integrity of the gut wall, making it porous and leaky. As a result, all proteins and many other substances in these people do not get digested before they absorb. They absorb in an undigested form. Then the immune system finds them in your bloodstream, in your lymph, looks at them and says, you're not food, I don't recognize you as food, and attacks them. When the immune system attacks them, it attaches various complexes to that bit of food in the bloodstream. And wherever these complexes get to, they cause symptoms in the body. And the problem is the symptom can be immediate or delayed. It can happen two, two, two hours later, two days later, two weeks later. So on any given day, the person has no idea what they're reacting to. These reactions are called food allergies and intolerances. And they overlap on top of each other. You might be reacting to a piece of lamb that you've eaten just now, plus tomatoes you've eaten two hours ago, plus banana you've eaten two days ago, plus something else you've eaten a week ago. People do testing for food allergies and intolerances, and the laboratory will tell them to remove this, that, and the other. And people start removing foods out of their diet, and they remove and remove until they, there's virtually nothing left to eat. And the person is still reacting. Because as long as your gut lining is like a sieve, it's porous, it's leaky, it's got holes in it, you are absorbing all foods undigested and you're reacting to all foods. So in the GAPS diet, what we do, we ignore these uh, reactions and we focus on sealing and healing the gut lining with the GAPS foods. The most powerful foods for doing that are foods which contain collagen, gelatin, glucosamine and other substances glucosamine glycans and this is meat stock particularly gelatinous meat stock made from gelatinous parts of the animal from the feet the head the skin the bones the joints of the animal about a third of all protein in the human body is collagen our gut lining is made out of collagen to quite a large degree And these sort of soups and stews and meat stock that we make out of gelatinous parts of the animal provide large amounts of these molecules, collagen, gelatin, glucosamine, and other molecules, which heal and seal the gut lining quite quickly. That is why this is one of the staples in the GAPS uh, nutritional protocol, these foods and um, these meals
0: question um some people say that if you eat a large portion of protein it's going to give you an insulin spike as if you had a bunch of sugar is that an issue in the gaps diet
1: no it is not it is not when we eat uh, protein we always eat it with large amounts of fat fat is an absolutely essential food for human beings Fat has been uh, vilified and demonized by our mainstream uh, nutrition and mainstream political and commercial powers in our world. So there is a very powerful propaganda coming from those powers against fats. Human body is about 70% water. Once you take the water out of the human body, the dry weight is about 50-50, protein and fat. When we analyze the fat in the laboratory, We find that in its biochemical composition, it is very similar to lamb fat, beef fat, pork fat, ghee, butter, chicken fat, duck fat, goose fat, animal fats. And these are the fats that have to be the bulk of our fat consumption. It is essential to eat them just as much as we eat protein with every meal. 50-50, remember that. When we analyze the proteins in the human body, we find that in their amino acid composition, they are also very similar to proteins in our animal foods, in meat, fish, eggs, and dairy. So these are the foods that provide the right kind of protein for the human body. And because about a third of all protein in the human body is collagen, these are the kind of bits of meat that we focus on when we Cook them in the GAPS nutritional protocol. We want gelatinous meats. Eating muscle of the animal, particularly lean muscle, is a recipe for disaster. And that has been demonstrated for the last 200 years. People who live on lean muscle meat of the animal get ill. It is essential for every muscle that you eat to be in combination with the same amount of fat that you eat. But the most healing and the most beneficial foods for us are gelatinous meats. So these are the cheap cuts around bones, around joints, the ligaments, the fascias, the of the, of the of the joint, the skin, the feet, the head. And absolute powerhouses of nutrition for the human being are organs of the animal. The liver, the heart, kidneys, tongue intestines, tripe, which is a stomach, and other organs of the animal. Liver, for example, contains almost 100 times uh, some of the nutrients that compare to the muscle of the animal. It is much, much, much richer in nutrition. We use organ meats in the GAPS nutritional protocol intensively, extensively. We eat liver on a daily basis. We eat other organs. And as a result, nutritional deficiencies disappear in the person very quickly this is a nutrient dense diet we remove nutritional deficiencies quite strongly and quite quickly in the person without any supplements without any pills because human body is designed by mother nature to receive its nutrition from food not from pills and if you eat the right kind of foods then you get everything you need i would like to touch on vegetarianism here As I was working with my mental patients in my clinic, uh, I got many anorexic girls coming to me. What I discovered that vast majority of these girls became ill in the first place because of misguided misguided vegetarianism. Many of them became vegetarians because they wanted to lose weight, because they wanted to be slim and beautiful, and the mainstream propaganda... uh, which is becoming more and more intense, is telling them that uh, they will achieve all of that with vegetarianism. So these goals forced me to look into vegetarians quite seriously to research that area. And what I discovered that there isn't much science that we can really rely on about vegetarianism. Majority of studies that have been conducted in this area have been conducted by pro-vegetarian groups of people And uh, you cannot trust these studies. The way they're designed, the way they're analyzed, you simply cannot trust them. So I had to turn to basic sciences and to clinical experience. And that's what I've researched. And based on that, I have written a new book last year called Vegetarianism Explained, where I explain in detail the way animal foods work in the human body and the way plants matter works in the human body what I have discovered from the basic sciences and from clinical experience that the feeding building foods for the human body are animal foods the way the human digestive system is designed it is perfectly designed to digest animal foods perfectly properly to unravel animal protein to unravel animal fats and then to absorb them and indeed these fats and these proteins are perfectly designed to be converted into our own proteins and our own fats that our bodies are made from. Fat is a structural element in the human body. Your heart is sitting in a thick casing of fat, and that is its energy stores, because your heart almost exclusively uses fat uh, to produce energy for itself, to work. Your kidneys, your liver, your intestines, all your internal organs are sitting in a casing of fat, The fat is a structural element under your skin. We've got a lot of very high fat organs in the body. Your brain, the rest of the nervous system, bone marrow, endocrine organs, and many other organs are high fat organs. And all of these organs have a cell regeneration process going on in them, where the cells live a short life. They get old, worn out, tired. So the body just kills them and removes them. And gives birth to new baby cells to replace these old worn out cells. And in order to give birth to those trillions of cells every single day, building materials are required for your body to make them from. Remember, your body is made out of 70% water. The rest is 50-50 protein and fat. In order to rebuild, rejuvenate and to produce those trillions of baby cells, proteins and fats are required. And when we analyze them in the laboratory, we find that the only suitable proteins and fats for building our protein and our fat in our physical structure in the body are animal protein and animal fat. What about plants? When we analyze them in the laboratory, plants have lots of proteins in them. Gluten is a good example. When we analyze them in the laboratory, we find that their amino acid composition is inappropriate for human physiology, inappropriate for building our proteins. Certain amino acids are in excess, other amino acids are lacking, and the whole mixture is just not right. On top of that, these plant proteins are almost indigestible for the human digestive system. Herbivorous animals, cows and sheep and goats and deer and antelope, have a very special digestive system called rumen, in order to be able to digest the plant matter. We human beings don't have a Roman. We've got a small stomach full of acid and pepsin. And this acid and pepsin are only able to digest animal foods. They are not able to digest plant matter. Plant matter is largely indigestible for the human beings. Traditional cultures around the world knew this fact through experience, through thousands of years of experience they knew. That is why they would put all their efforts, maximum effort, into getting meat, fish eggs and milk and they would eat uh, plants as a supplement to the animal foods. Animal foods were the mainstay for these people, the most important foods for them to have. Why do we eat plants in the first place? Because plants are cleansers, they have powerful cleansing substances in them. They have phytonutrients, oxalates, salicylates, phenols and vitamin C and antioxidants and various other things. And these are the things that we absorb in our digestive system. They go into your blood, into your lymph, and they keep our bodies clean on the inside. But the bulk of the plant, which is made out of cellulose and starch, is indigestible for the human digestive system. It goes through your stomach, through your intestines, where the bulk of absorption of the food happens. And then it all lands in the bowel at the end of our digestive system. The bowel is where the majority of our gut flora resides. So, this is sort of an equivalent of the rumen in a cow. The problem is, in a cow, her rumen is at the beginning of her digestive system, where plants are digested properly by the microbial community of the rumen. And then it moves into the absorptive area of the digestive tract, into the intestine. In us humans, our rumen is at the end of our digestive system, when it's too late to be absorbing the bulk of food. All the absorption already happened higher up in the intestines. There is a reason why Mother Nature has done it that way. So plants are indigestible. They do not really feed the digestive, the, the human body, but they are powerful cleansers. And then when they land in the bowel, they are fermented by the gut flora in the bowel, And they convert it into substances which can sustain us between meals, which are saturated fat, fully saturated, short-chain fatty acids. And they also grow, they feed on this stuff, on starch, on uh, cellulose, and they grow new colonies in the bowel. So that is the the purpose of eating plants, plant matter. So plant-based diets are not really feeding for the human body. They are largely cleansing. It is possible to be a healthy vegetarian as long as you include some animal foods in your diet. For example, eggs, full-fat dairy, amounts, and fish, um, and occasional meat. That way, it is possible for the human body to get enough building, feeding substances from the animal foods, while all the plant matter that the person is eating is keeping the person clean on the inside. Veganism where all animal products are excluded is not a diet it is a form of fasting we have many uh, people in our modern world who are so toxic and it's a good idea for them to fast for a little while fasting is as ancient as the hills the most severe end of fasting is water fasting when we just drink water and eat nothing at all and there are many fasting clinics around the world where you can do this where the easier way to fast is the vegan fast When you eat all the plant matter, the raw and the cooked, and you'll cleanse, you'll provide your body with a lot of cleansing material. However, at some point, your body will finish cleansing, and it will give you a signal, I've finished cleansing now, I'm hungry now, feed me. The way it will give you that signal is by giving you a desire for a piece of meat, for a pot of cream, for a piece of cheese, or something else of animal origin. Problem is, many vegans in our modern world are doing it for emotional reasons, political reasons, religious reasons, and other reasons. And they don't listen to their body. They override that signal. They force their body to continue cleansing. They do not provide it with the food. And that is the point when the body starts suffering and it starts cannibalizing less important tissues, for example, muscle and bone in order to feed more important organs, such as your heart, your brain, your liver, and other more important organs for survival. That is the time when the person starts developing degenerative disease. It is surprising how long a vegan can survive on recycling nutrients in the body and on breaking breaking up muscle to feed the vital organs. Sometimes it can be years When the people are surviving and they seem to be okay and they even tell you that they feel well. But then at a certain point, the nervous system will start suffering because the brain is a very hungry organ. It requires large amounts of animal protein and animal fat on a daily basis to maintain its structure and its function. So the mental um, problems creep in slowly, gradually, so the person doesn't notice it. First the sense of humor disappears the learning cognitive ability starts declining and the person emotions change the whole emotional profile and personality of the person change and other problems develop we
0: are coming of as- kind of close to coming toward the end So also the argument of saving the planet because of all the animals generating methane and hurting the ozone layer uh, also uh is there any truth to that? Or do you think the vegetarian approach might harm the planet ozone layer as well?
1: Please read my book, Vegetarianism Explained. I have a whole chapter there on agriculture and on this planet-saving planet propaganda. All of those statements that vegans believe in are false. They're reversed. The real truth is just the opposite. You just need to study that subject properly. And that chapter will cover it for you. So please read that book. I haven't got time to explain it.
0: No, I asked because I wanted to bring that out. A question I have is, when you ferment uh, foods, does this increase your histamine level and give you histamine osis?
1: The longer you ferment cabbage, for example, to make sauerkraut, the less histamine is left in it. So for people who react to histamine, I recommend to consume last year's cabbage, last year's sauerkraut, last year's fermented vegetables because they have virtually no histamine left in them. They've got much, much less. And also it is important for majority of GAPS people to introduce fermented foods gradually because part and parcel of the die-off reaction that commercial probiotics and fermented foods would cause when the pathogens die in the digestive system fermented foods are teeming with beneficial bacteria beneficial microbes and these microbes start attacking and killing the pathogens and when these pathogens die they release toxins and these are the toxins which make you obsessed compulsive give you eczema give you asthma give you arthritis and whatever your personal symptoms are and part and parcel of that die-off reaction is histamine release And not only histamine, but other amines are released. They just less research those amines and we don't know as much about them as we know about histamine. It's part and parcel of it, of a diet of reaction. To control it, we start with a tiny dose of fermented foods and commercial probiotics at the beginning of the diet. We build the mump gradually, controlling the die-off reaction. Some die-off has to be survived. We just have to go through it. A person has to understand that initially you may feel worse before you start feeling better. But this reaction needs to be controlled. You should not debilitate yourself with this reaction. That is why it's essential to start with tiny amounts and build them up gradually. There's no need to be afraid of histamine. Histamine is not the full picture of what's going on. There are many, many other substances which are released when the die-off is happening. We just need to control it.
0: Okay. Um, now, before you were saying that many of our food products contain antibiotics, so I'd like to point out that glyphosate, which is on most of the genetically modified foods, is an antibiotic, is a chelator, and causes many other very detrimental health effects. And there have been researchers that have just researched genetically modified foods alone, and they cause a lot of adverse effects in us. So I think when you're referring to the antibiotics we're eating, well, also they put antibiotics in the meat and insecticides and all sorts of things in the meat so we have to eat organic so anything else you'd like to add I think we're coming to the end but I'm not getting a message as to how close we are so what else would you like to add and how will people be able to get a hold of you
1: I will add that our human bodies are the pinnacle of evolution it's a miraculous creation it has all the mechanisms of healing itself and cleansing itself and repairing itself programmed into it. All we have to do is give it the tools and stop damaging it. Your body is part of nature. So the answer for every health problem is in the nature, not in the science, not in the, um, our modern um, hocus pocus, uh, but in the nature. So part of that is your food the food you eat has to be as natural as possible nature doesn't produce glyphosate nature doesn't produce pesticides genetically modified organisms it doesn't produce monocultures it doesn't produce um, genetically modified animals and hybridized animals which give us wrong milk and wrong eggs and wrong foods So we have to go back to the way Mother Nature feeds us and the way Mother Nature works. We have to go back to agriculture, to the way the food is produced. And we have to go back to uh, repairing our planet and stopping to damage it. So that is the message I would like to leave for our listeners.
0: Okay. Um, Anything else that you would like to add um, about, obviously, the diet has to be organic. We've got to eat healthy fats. I mean, I imagine that uh, your diet also includes minimizing uh, high glycemic loads, uh, like sugar rushes.
1: Uh, Absolutely. absolutely. GAPS diet is quite uh, low on glycemic index. Okay. Now, what
0: about arthrosclerosis and, uh, you know, I mean, because that, that's a, you know, f, you know, oxidized LDL in the arteries. Can your can the GAPS diet actually reverse arthrosclerosis?
1: I have written a book on this subject called Put Your Heart in Your Mouth, which is fully referenced for the professionals, but is written in an easy to understand language for people who are not um, into science. So, I explain in that book what actually causes heart disease, because it is not animal fats and it is not cholesterol. That theory was proposed in 1953, and since then, the true um, honest science all over the world, in many, many countries around the world, have proven that hypothesis to be entirely wrong. Problem is that while the science was busy proving that wrong, A very powerful and very influential political and commercial machine has been built based on this hypothesis. Pharmaceutical industry is making billions, food industry is making billions, uh, medical industry is making billions. Governments in the Western world are making billions on this hypothesis. And it's this machine that doesn't allow it to die. Cholesterol in your food not only doesn't cause heart disease, it actually prevents it and reverses it. The same with animal fats. So please read my book on this subject. You will find all my books on my website, which is called dr-natasha.com. Doctor is a full word, dr-natasha.com. That's my blog. And my website, gaps.me. M-E. Where you will find lots of information as well, and you will find uh, where to buy the book. I have been training, I have been training uh, health practitioners all over the world in the last several years in the GAPS nutritional protocol. So on my website, gaps.me, there is a list of qualified practitioners who can assist you if you want to follow the GAPS diet. Uh, they have a lot of knowledge. These people, and we have some wonderful practitioners there.
0: Well, I want to thank you very much for sharing this information. I think it is very important, and I do believe that this is a very healthy way to go. There's many other diets, many other beliefs, some of them almost religious. Uh, I do believe the GAPS diet is a way to heal our gut and to Get us back on the pathway toward health. So, I want to tell folks to do your own research, check things online, check with your clinicians and practitioners, and so you can give uh, information to others and get yourself well as well. And above all, be well.